Rebecca Korn here, CEO of Rising Rule, recovering financial advisor, yes, still recovering, and the queen to my reigning queens to whom I coach, and so incredibly bring light into this world, each and every one of them. You guys are amazing. So those of you who are joining us inside of our podcast for some value-only content, please don't forget to join our Her Reign Facebook, where not only I drop weekly nuggets of wisdom, but I also help you keep moving as a woman and as a queen inside of your business, relationships, your soul, and your body. I want to thank you for tuning in today. This is where we talk about the difficult topics, the real topics, the raw points of being an entrepreneur, sharing strategies, and digging deep into all things spicy. So I'm going to do this part for Melissa and this is kind of a behind the scenes because she doesn't know that I'm actually speaking some swagger into her game because she is so humble. She's one of the most humble people I know, but she is also one of the most passionate people when it comes to all things real estate. At the same time, she has this compassion for people where she wants to teach all of them and heal everybody with regard to money, the relationship to money, what's possible, and really caring for the value that she is able to provide to each of her clients, but also her outreach and every level of what she does. So when you are in the finance sector and you have this in-depth knowledge and you're wanting to impart some of these layers to people who are of utmost importance to you, where do you go? And in this story of Melissa's journey into not only her own real estate investments, um, which she and her family, um, her husband and herself, and uh, they just had a little baby boy. So congratulations to them. Um, but, you know, that, that was something that, you know, they didn't come from um, trust funds or, you know, big strings. They, they came from really blue collared family spaces that, didn't believe in, in expanding in very big ways. And so being able to bring this in-depth understanding of where she comes from, but also to where she is now. And, you know, it's such a beautiful journey. It's, it's really like my version of like a Cinderella story because she, when I met her was working about three different jobs. She was really gritty. She was trying to push through Fast forward to now where, you know, she and her husband got onto this uh, platform crafted by Melissa and she was like, you know what, we're going to pay down all of our debt in two years. And so she talks about what she does there. She talks about these things to other potential clients, even clients that cannot use her and guides them in these places of deepening and understanding what they really need from her, from a perspective of getting a loan but also building this deep long-term relationship with each of her clients because she just cares so deeply with people. Um, on top of that, her in-depth knowledge of not only the loan products, but a sophisticated understanding about the financial market and real estate really comes through when you're working with Melissa in a variety of circumstances. She is one of the top dogs in the LO world, and she will never tell you that, but she is so badass. It's incredible. As a matter of fact, let me tell you how badass she is. She, um, nine days after she had her very first baby, and for those of you who have 
remembered that moment of having your first child, it is overwhelming. And most people go into like a catatonic state for probably, I don't know, anywhere between four to six weeks, which is normal. And you are just in love with your baby. And that's where you are centered. Well, Melissa took that love on a totally different level. Melissa not only closed on a multi-unit in honor of her brand new baby and the legacy that they're desiring to leave um, for their family, but she also closed another loan while she was uh, just freshly out of the hospital. And um, she posts so nonchalantly, um, oh, hey, we just did this. We just did this close for my client. And it just speaks to the breadth of not only professionalism, but also of care and compassion that Melissa brings to the table. So inside of this um, podcast today, you know, Melissa is so humble and she will never tell you how, how brilliant and badass she really is. So I wanted to sneak in here and just let you guys know and whisper in your ears as you're journeying into this podcast, I really want you to listen to the presence that she has you know, it, this, this silent feeling that you just know is like a warm hug on the other side. Um, take a listen, connect with it, because I I think that there are so many levels that Melissa brings to the table, just this warmth and these skills. And she is just seeking to impact on such a big level that I'm really excited for each of you guys to connect with it. So for no longer will she be suspended. Here we go. I will, without a further ado, I will introduce here Melissa. Here we go. Welcome, Melissa. How are you today? Hey, thank you for having me. I'm definitely excited to be here. No problem. No problem. I'm really excited for our ladies and and guys who who support us to hear a little bit about where you come from and and what you're about. I think that putting a face to the world of finance is such a beautiful opportunity. So thank you for, for giving us this opportunity, Melissa. I know you're busy and um, taking you away from that space is such a gift and having you here. So thank you. Of course. So before we dive into everything, uh, who are you? Tell me a little bit about you. Uh, for my followers who don't know you, tell, tell, them, tell them a little bit about Melissa Mueller. Um, okay, uh, Melissa Mueller, let's see. I'm currently a loan officer. Um, I've been in the industry about three years now. Started a little before COVID. It's been a wild ride, uh, but love it. It's truly like the perfect career for me. Um, because I get to help people build wealth through real estate and I get to teach, uh, specifically around financial literacy. That's my passion. Um, and so that's, that's a little bit of what I do as far as my career. Um, I'm a big, I'm definitely a big networker, a big connector. I really enjoy just meeting new people and, um, getting out into the community and, and really getting a feel for what everyone, you know, is doing with their lives. Now you haven't always been a loan officer. Like you did not like grow up wanting to be a loan officer, which is probably what I find to be my favorite thing about you. So can you tell your journey into the loan officer field? Can you share a little bit about that and how you, how you ventured into the world of financial literacy? Yeah. So let's go back. Uh, Let's see. My first job out of college, I was a social worker. I worked in inpatient rehab and mental health, uh, which was challenging, but um, I really enjoyed it. 
I really like to help people. That was ultimately why I got into that. Uh, from there, then I, I moved into HR. I was a generalist and then I moved into IT recruiting and I really still helping people just in a different manner, um, helping them to get new jobs or to help them feel connected and engaged in the workplace. Um, and then after a long stint of doing that, I got into selling software for commercial real estate, which opened up many um, avenues, different people. Uh, I didn't know anything about commercial real estate. I knew about software. Uh, so that was definitely an interesting gig because I got to work with so many different types of people. But uh, that job was a little too corporate-y for me. And there was an opportunity that presented itself where I could jump in and learn how to do mortgages and lending. And although I felt like, who who wants to do that? That's kind of boring. You're like, and no one really grows up in that world unless, you know, their family was in it before. But for me, it was one of those things where I was really passionate about real estate in general. And I figured this would be a, just a great segue to get into to learn more about real estate, how the, the lending works, how numbers work, and then ultimately how to help others achieve, you know, that American dream. That's beautiful, Melissa. I think that from the beginning inside of social work, you really like those high vibration energies, those high emotional charge situations. You're like, put me in them. No problem. <laughs> I love that. So inside of finance, you know, what, what do you typically see with regard to utilizing the background that you have in social work alongside this portion in finance? Because I'm sure that there are a lot of feelings about you know, for my clients in the past, nobody wanted to talk about money, you know, money created a whole type of energy around conversations alone. So how does that correlate inside of your world? Yeah, I think money is one of those things that I actually wish people would talk more about. Um, and I think, you know, even when I was in HR and, and recruiting, I felt like I was always talking about money and, and everyone kind of shied away from it. But um, you know, it kind of makes the world go round, right? So why should we all be avoiding it? Um, but ultimately, I think uh, the, the best part of my job is to just be able to help people understand that there is a way to, to get into a house. I think people are really nervous to even start a conversation because they they just don't even know that like what is possible. They they hear from their family member that they need X amount down and there's no way that they can save for that. And they just almost just feel overwhelmed with like, well, I don't know how I'm even going to be able to maintain a house, you know, let alone pay my mortgage, pay a mortgage, all of that. So I think that's ultimately like, again, where the passion starts. And then you know, once we crunch numbers and we say, well, hey, you only need X. And, you know, if we can put you on a game plan, a, you know, a budget of some sort in six months, we'll be there. And I think also when I've had clients that we've done that and six months go by and then we're there, they like can't even believe it. And they they thank me for all of the hard work. And I tell them, I'm, I didn't even do the work. You did the work. You just you just followed my advice. You listened. You were the poster child. So um, I think that's the best part of the job is just being able to show them that th there is a possibility. So 
Is that oftentimes what you find inside of like the biggest misconception of the LO world? Like for somebody that's on the outside, for example, as a business owner, you know, a lot of times I hear them talking about a dream that they have centered into a world of, I want to own multiple properties. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I would love to be able to have that opportunity. Do you find that like the conversation is really where it starts? You know, the how-to and the planning of, Hey, let's, let's get a plan in place. It doesn't have to happen right away. Um, but you know, I'll stick by your side. Do you feel like that's the biggest misconception of the LO world? Yeah, I think, I think that especially business owners, I think they're so busy focused on running their business, um, that they don't even know where to start, you know, and, and many business owners become business owners because they're good at their craft, not necessarily because they're good at running a business or, you know, they realize too, that they, their business is growing and then they need to buy maybe a commercial property. And, but they're like, how do I even go about doing that? And, and so I think again, just making a, a plan and we say, okay, well, maybe we're not ready today, but here's how much you're going to need. And here's what it's going to look like. And if you go from, you know, leasing out this space to buying this commercial property, not only will it help you grow because you're in a bigger space, but then now your mortgage payment is in half and you're not paying someone else's lease or someone else's mortgage payment. So, um, yeah, I think again, just showing people that there's a possibility. Powerful. That's really powerful. What's a, what's, what's one of your most powerful experiences inside of the LO world? You know, can you tell us, can you give us an example of that? There's so many stories. Gosh, I could, we could talk for hours. Um, I think some of the, the most rewarding ones are those that, you know, maybe I'm helping a veteran, right. Who has earned benefits, um, and they're able to get into the house for, I've had a client one time get into the house for like a hundred dollars. And it was one of those things where it became very, you know, how are we going to do this? I don't have that good of credit. I don't, I don't have any money saved. And, you know, we start crunching numbers and, you know, that specific loan program, they can put 0% down. We were able to get seller's assistance. We did some creative things throughout the loan and for them to be able to move into the house for just a little bit of money like that. I mean, that's life-changing that those are things that really can impact someone's life. So I, I think that was definitely, that's always a very memorable story. I have another example of a, a business owner who got pre-approved um, from a, an online lender and he had two businesses and, you know, a lot of business owners write a lot of things off because they're able to. Um, and so we were able to crunch the numbers and and actually get him pre-approved for twice the amount that the other lender did. And um, we, he qualified for a grant as well. And so again, being able to get him into a house um, when he didn't really even think it was possible because of, of what he did with his tax return. So those are always big wins, right? When, you know, someone else, and it's not, maybe not necessarily that LO's fault. They just might not know, or they might not have access to a certain program. So, you know, and I think this is such an interesting fact. I find that, um, actually it, it's been researched that women, even though we make less money, 
make much better investment choices over time because we tend to research them and have focus on them and we commit to them in the long term. And I think that that's really what you've done inside of your practice. You're really a master of the craft. You know, when there's something that is um, difficult or trying or we don't see the clear path through, Melissa, I know that you're a phone call away and that just creates such an opportunity for so many people. And you've consistently... Um, created light in that space. And I think that's something that women do so beautifully. So as a female in finance, you know, what do you think is different between your male counterparts versus working with you? You know, I, I know behind the scenes that you've worked with people much longer than other people have. Um, and you have given them that hand of, hey, let's teach you about financial literacy, which I think is such a powerful thing about who you are and what your practice is about. But when it comes to the difference of like what you provide behind the scenes, what do you find is different there, especially as a, as a female in finance? I think the big thing with lending is that sure, every, like the mortgage process is similar, but everyone's story is different. Everyone has a one-off thing and there's so many different rules and regulations. And I think the, you know, again, a very fun part about the job, what keeps the job interesting is that you have to find different, you know, loopholes or just different ways to be creative and, and structure a deal a certain way. And um, a lot of my borrowers, yeah, we, we do work together for a while. And I think sometimes they're surprised that, you know, I'm willing to sometimes work with them for over a year um, or even two years. I had a client most recently, she, we were working together two years ago and uh, it was, she was frustrated with the process, just not enough inventory and so on. But we finally got the deal closed. Um, and I always say, well, why am I going to give up on someone when they're either just not ready or the timing's not right or there's a hiccup within their personal life? You know, we, we've built a relationship. So now it's just a matter of, of when, not if. And I think that's a big piece of it. Um, I think people don't, you know, I always say when there's a will, there's a way, right? If they want this house bad enough, I'm going to be here by your side the whole time. And I think others, I think others are in, in the business sometimes to just make some quick money. Right. And it's not about the relationships. And I think that's where, I, why I thrive so much in my business, because I want to build the relationship. I'm not here to just close a deal and, and collect my check. Um, I want to help people, I mean, build wealth through real estate. That's like pretty much my mission and to teach them something long-term so that they are successful. Um, when they leave me, I want their credit to go up and stay up. I don't want them to just go up for the loan and then them go back to their old ways. Yeah. So they're really educated. What I'm hearing is that they're really educated through the process. They're really held in a consistent manner. And, you know, you really deeply care and, and you connect them with what they need to be connected with at that time. And if that is aligned with your, your practice or not, that's totally okay. But you're always there for them. That's such a powerful thing, Melissa, because I think that it goes beyond the transaction. You know, some people think that I'm going to own one house and then they become a business owner and they start to dream about owning the potential of maybe land or a second home or a rental property. Tell me about that and the, the, the evolution of your clients, you know, do they continue to grow in that space? And what does that connection really look like, Melissa? Yeah, I think a lot of times, you know, getting them over the hump of buying the first house is, is a big deal. Right. And then, um, you know, then, then them seeing that, 
hey, maybe buying an uh, investment property might be, you know, kind of the next step. Um, and that that's a possibility. And so we'll start talking about that. They'll say, well, what is it? You know, I have a friend or I have a family member that owns a rental. Like, what does that look like? Like, how hard is that? And, you know, we, we start talking about that and, and I I'll share with them. Well, you know, I have a couple of rentals myself. And a lot of times I think like, oh, you know, am I really like a landlord? But I am. And it, it's not that hard. It's just that you have to be able to make the numbers work and, you know, do things the right way. And so I think, again, it's just that education piece. And I think a lot of that comes with just talking to a lot of people and, and getting to hear their experiences, being in different, you know, forums or Facebook groups, and then also maybe meeting other investors and seeing what they're doing, what works for them, what properties they like. So I think the big thing is maybe just trying to get them connected to other investors or talking to them about the process. And then again, making a plan for that. I, I adore that. I think that, you know, you embody truly what dreams are made of. You know, when I, when I first met you, you, you had one property. Tell me a little bit about your journey inside of your own world of real estate investing and where it's kind of taken you and how it surprised you. You have some pretty amazing swagger points on the front of financial literacy yourself, Melissa. So like, let's, let's share them. Let's create some inspiration here. Uh, what would you share on that front? Yeah. So I started, you know, I started with one property myself and it was my primary residence and um, that was awesome. And I, I love that property. And then I got married and my husband decided that he would not live in that property because it was in the city and he's a country boy. So fine. <laughs> Wasn't going to get rid of that one. Um, so we ended up turning it into a rental and that was kind of where we started. Um, again, I wasn't really sure how to go about that or what that looked like, but it's been really positive. And then really, I think it takes, takes the first one, you know, once you have one under your belt, then it's like, Oh, this actually isn't that hard. Like a lot of people do this. Uh, this isn't, you know, rocket science. <laughs> and, um, and then I think, you know, from there, you know, we've bought a couple of other properties after that. And, um, it's been, it's been a fun journey. We've learned a lot. I mean, it's definitely not for the faint of heart. I think a lot of times there's a lot of glamor in being a landlord and people even call us that. They're like, oh, you're probably just a slumlord. And, and we really take a lot of pride in our properties and making sure that people have like clean, safe, um, nice places to live. Uh, and I think that's not everybody's mentality, but um, I think again, just making sure the numbers work for us and, and making sure that we're taking care of our tenants appropriately. And so that's, that's kind of where we're at. I think that's powerful. And, and I think that in a lot of ways you are so humble and I love this because, you know, what she's not saying to my audience is that she's also paid off about 80,000 in 10 years in student debt. She has had six jobs at one time. You, you are a hustler. You are somebody that you put your mind to something and it gets you to the other side because I mean, you fight yourself at times and I don't think there's a secret. I'm, I'm your coach. So like, you know, there's, there's some perspectives that I've seen behind the scenes that I don't know that you're giving yourself enough credit on. So I suppose my question for you would be, where did you start when you started coaching? Like, where were you when you start? Cause people kind of hear, Oh, I'm a loan officer. They just assume you're successful. They, you, you have all of your things already situated. Where did you start when you started with coaching? Oh man, I feel like there's been so much growth in between. 
I was very much, I was always hustling. Um, that was, and, and anyone that's in my world knows that they always say, Oh, you're a workaholic. Right. And I think when I started coaching, uh, I, that was still in that mindset. I was just going to be tough and intense and head down and just keep grinding. And I think like with coaching, uh, I really learned that there actually has to be a balance and that I shouldn't be just like working 80 to hundred hours a week. Like eventually you're just going to burn out, which I have had. <laughs> and so I think that, I think coaching has just helped me find what is important. What's not important. Where am I putting my energy? What am I making a priority? Um, and all of that. And it's taken a lot of time and, and work and a lot of, I mean, a lot of really digging internally and, figuring out like, again, what's important to me and what am I going to tolerate as an individual and, and what am I not going to tolerate? And I think ultimately, sure, my business has gotten better, of course, but, but also my relationships have gotten better and my self-esteem and I feel a lot more secure in who I am and what I'm capable of and where I want to be. Uh, and I think, I wish I had had that in my twenties because <laughs> I mean, I know twenties are always difficult, right? But I think now that I have that under my belt, I'm, I'm a lot more relaxed and I don't freak out as much and, um, you know, a lot more rational. And I love, I love that you just admitted that, um, you know, there, there could be like 80 hour weeks because in the very beginning, that was just a very natural flex for you because at a time that they, you had worked six jobs at one time. Um, there's a habit there and it could very easily develop into that. And that's where a lot of these exhausted LOs come forward. And I, I see a lot of them. And, you know, one of the things that I love about, about you is that you, your focus is mainly in connecting people. And one of the spaces that we really worked hard, hard on behind the scenes was your ability to grow your practice through COVID, through all this uncertainty, through all this economic uh, contraction aspects of things. Uh, tell me more about your ability to connect people. Like this is this is your your superhero um, energy. If you were ever to have one, like this would be your like back pocket thing. And that's just so magical, Melissa. And I can't wait for you to share this piece. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I, I've always like called myself an extroverted extrovert, um, which people like crack up when they hear that. But I literally gain energy from being with people. And I've also had to work on that because yeah, I think you can get addicted to that. Right. Um, so I've had to learn how to enjoy my downtime. But I think ultimately the whole, you know, what I've learned, obviously, it's not, you know, what you know, it's who you know. Right. I mean, you you learn what you know through who you know. But um, I love connecting with other people. I like to hear about their stories. I like to hear about their journeys and, and how they got to where they are today. And then also when I'm working with people, I'm like, you know what, you need to be, you need to know this person. Let me get you connected. And I think, I think that's just so fun because you, there's all these people's personalities and you just know, like this person really does need to be in this other person's life or vice versa. Um, and uh, I think a lot of times people are still like, well, why are you so willing to do that? But it's a lot of it is just, I feel like I'm paying it forward. There's a lot of people that gave me opportunities in my life through different careers. And, you know, they took a chance on me for whatever reason. Uh, I had a boss one time, I, I told him, you know, I don't know why you're hiring me jokingly after I got the offer. You know, I, I don't know anything about IT. Um, and I don't know really anything about like recruiting. So like, I don't understand how I'm qualified. And 
he said, well, you were willing to pick up the phone and, and talk to people. And that was really, I can't teach that. I can't teach, you know, being outgoing and having a personality. He's like, I can teach you all the other things. And that has always stuck with me. Um, and I think I, when, especially when I meet people and they, they're the similar, you can tell that they're hungry. You can tell that they want to learn. They just like need an outlet or someone to get connected to. And I think that just keeps me going because had I not had that connection way back when I may not be where I am today. That's such a powerful quality, Melissa, because in so many ways you've connected to such incredible, brilliant people, whether it's, you know, LinkedIn message, whether it's asking for somebody to make an introduction, you get really brilliant at those basics. So if you were to have like a couple of pieces of, you know, advice to another maybe it's another woman in finance, maybe it's another woman in business, maybe it's somebody that's, that's, you know, thinking about something that's big and um, audacious that they are maybe putting themselves into a corner about and saying, man, eh, not yet. I'm going to wait. What would be the advice that you would give somebody on the sidelines right now? I think it's easy to not take a leap. You know, it's, we're all very capable of talking ourselves out of making the, the jump, right. Or uh, picking up the phone car, asking for whatever it is you're asking for. But at the end of the day, like, what's the worst that happens? Like they say no, and you're in the same spot. Um, and eventually, you know, you will find someone that says yes, because of what I just talked about, right? Someone gave someone an opportunity at that time. And so that maybe you hit that person on the right day, and they're feeling really generous, and they want to make that connection for you. So, uh, and you know, what? even if you fail, like you can learn something from that. And, um, so I think you just have to keep going. And I know that like, seems so like cliche, right? Like, oh, just keep going or just keep asking. But there, there's always going to be someone that's willing to help. Um, but just because I think that's human nature. I think we're all like, we want to be connected to each other and we want to help people get further ahead and, and support, support each other. Right. I mean, how many, I know that there's been plenty of business owners where, you know, I might not be interested in what they're selling, but I just go to support just because, I know that that means a lot to them. Yeah. And I love that because support can be as simple as a like or a comment or a share and can be as complex as, oh my gosh, I thought of you inside of this situation that I was having with this other networking event. Um, and that's such a beautiful thing that you do so easily. Like you're always thinking about, you know, people um, after you have those conversations and you're really great about keeping them top of mind. Um, what I also want to highlight is that you don't really fit a box. And I love this because um, you have such a variety of, of pieces about you that are so unique. You've lived in Spain, you're learning Spanish, you golfed until eight plus months of, of being pregnant, where to the point where people are like, should you be out here? And you, you're like rolling your eyes and walking. <laughs> um, and you're not really a big fan of TV. So, you know, I, I love these pieces about you because it really, it really highlights your uniqueness, but I think to your focus as an LO inside of financial literacy, like this became a passion of yours. Why did it become such a passion? Was it, you know, did you see certain pieces that were coming forward that just irked you and you wanted to create a change? Um, you know, where, where did that come from? Yeah, what I found is that no one really, again, talks about finances or money or, 
you know, I always joke, like no one teaches anybody about credit scores. Right. And so I've kind of jumped on that bandwagon. I've learned about credit scores. I've learned how to increase them. And I, I teach a lot about that often as far as, you know, where are we at? How can we get better? Um, and so I just, I think I've just really embraced that because no one else has. And I think people want to hear about it. I think that they want to know about it and they don't know where to start. That's always the thing. Like, where do we start? So, yeah, I mean, I, I think um, I have a lot of interest and I think that's like what keeps me going. Um, I mean, I've always been, you know, told that, right? Like, oh, you're nonstop. You never slow down. But I just think that there's so much to do in the world. And, you know, like, why waste a moment? <laughs> you know, we we really should just jump in and, and keep teaching and learning and growing because why not? I really love that you're masterful about that too, Melissa. I think that's what, you know, um, really, again, makes your business such, such a brilliant space for so many to come into so warmly. You've got investors, you've got real estate investors, you've got first time home buyers, you have a wide variety of people who are seeking financial literacy at different levels. And I love that you're pointing out, like people don't know where to start. Where do you guide them to start? Like what, what would be the first step if they, if they're saying to themselves as they're listening to this, man, I really want to get into some more financial literacy. Um, where, where do they go for that? So they obviously, you know, can always learn from other people, right? I mean, they can get in contact with me, um, but also, you know, there's a lot of resources out there that are free. There's, like I said, different Facebook forums, there's different in-person groups, there's books at the library. Like it doesn't, people always say, oh, well, I don't have money to do X. Well, there's a lot of free things in the world, uh, especially nowadays. There's Instagram accounts that you can literally follow and just hear from, you know, different people who have done things, you know, they've paid off so much debt and so much time by creating this budget or by getting this side hustle. And so I think, uh, I think ultimately they need to figure out what is their goal um, is it to buy real estate? Is it to pay off debt? Is it to get a better credit score? Is it to improve their job or build even better relationship? And then from there, seek out different resources, either within the community or even on social. I love that. I think that's such a, those are some huge points to, to anybody that's listening. Cause I think that what happens is we'll get in our own way at times and forget that there are literal options at our fingertips. I love that you cited the library. That's one of my favorite places to go um, as a, as a fellow nerd over here. Uh, but I think, I think that that's beautiful. I think when we step into the, to the world of an LO, sometimes we get really overwhelmed. Like they're just going to ask us for everything all at once. What are some tips with working with an LO for the first time or for a business owner who's only potentially used the bank? Like, I know these are very separate questions, but also maybe there's some similarities in inquiring within a world of brokers be better. I think, um, I think when you're working with a loan officer, especially like if you've never gone through the process, like just be honest, Hey, I'm really overwhelmed with this. I'm the most nervous about X. Um, this thing is the most important to me. I, I always ask borrowers that they say, you know, how much can I get pre-approved for? And I'll say, well, most of the time you can, people can get pre-approved for more than what they want, but what's important to you? Is it the monthly payment? Is it how much money you have to bring to closing? Is it, um, you know, some people are really focused on interest rate, but you know, that is not the whole picture. There, there's 
there's a bigger picture here. And is it the type of home? Is it the location of the home? Is it the loan program? So there's so many things. And I always try to figure out what is the most important to them. Um, are you going to be in this house for a, a few years or do you think this is your forever home? Um, so I think that's the one thing, especially if you've never started with the process before. Um, as far as a, a business owner, you know, there's more questions with that, right? I'm self-employed. I, you know, can I get qualified? Um, or I've only ever worked with my bank. And I think with that, and that really goes for anyone, if you ever get denied from a lender, just know that that doesn't mean you're always denied. There are so many options, especially nowadays. There are so many different lenders, different programs um, that if you, even if you get denied from two or three banks or lenders, you know, there are other loan officers out there that maybe have programs, you know, under their belt that they can do certain things. And I, I get called all the time for that. And I, I, sometimes I feel like I'm always just saving deals, but it's just because of, as a broker, I have a lot more options for maybe bars with lower credit scores, or maybe they've had a bankruptcy in the past, or, uh, you know, again, maybe they're a business owner and they write everything off on their tax returns, but they still have a lot of uh, deposits that are going into their business bank account. So, or, or they're an investor that they know they can't qualify based on debt to income ratios. And I, I know I'm throwing a lot of jargon out here, but my point is that just because someone says no, doesn't mean that that's it. Um, I get calls all the time. I just got denied from five different lenders. Well, why? Like what's going on? You know, why did they say why they denied you? Some, some even say that, well, no, they never told me. That's crazy. How can they not tell you why you're denied? So that's where we, that's where we literally start. Right. Um, I think that's such a fabulous point because as somebody who a lifetime ago was in a financial abusive, financially abusive relationship, um, everything was, was calculated on the other side. And so when we went to a loan officer, they just assumed that all of my stuff would be on the table as well. They literally took the file, moved it aside and was like, no, we're only dealing, if, if this is under your name, we're only dealing with you. And he insisted that my name was associated with it at the time, me not understanding how that could have affected things. Thankfully, I was in, in finance myself, so I had resources myself that I could start asking questions about. And, you know, financial abuse is a very, is a whole other topic. You know, there's a lot of um, emotional layering there that can show up where many females or, or males will get very hesitant on um, even asking the question or having the potential of being declined or denied. And I love that you're opening that piece of the conversation, Melissa, because it really speaks to, to my heart of what I hear a lot of women, you know, whether they're going through a divorce or, you know, they're just unclear about things. I think having um, somebody that just understands so many complexities and loves the challenge is such a refreshing piece. You know, I think that most um, just desire a very clean simple file, you know, and, and I think that I can understand that on, on a variety of levels from a business perspective. Sure. But I think that there is a time and a place for somebody that, you know, is willing to, to sit with that person. You said two years, that's almost unheard of in the LO world. So do you see any of these pieces, you know, more vulnerably come up around you that, you know, takes you back to your social work days a little bit? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's like the core of who I am. Um, it's just one of those things where I just, you know, I got burnt out too quickly. 
uh, in in that specific job. But I think that's why this job is so perfect for me because I get to do, I get to help people still. And and Barbara's will say that all the time, like, oh gosh, you know, I'm, I, I know I didn't go through with a loan. Like, how can I ever repay you? Like, it's fine. Like this is, that's part of the job. Um, if they walk away from, you know, talking with me and they're impacted, you know, even from just a 20 minute conversation, like that means I did my job correctly. Um, you know, not every borrower is going to turn into a deal and that's okay, but that's because I'm doing it for the right reasons. And I think that's the difference. I think, uh, you know, people are always in careers for, to, to make money and not that I am a nonprofit, but, you know, on the other hand, it, sometimes it's like I said, the timing's not correct or, um, they're just not ready and that's okay. You know, my, my goal is hopefully I impacted them enough in that 20 or 30 minute conversation that when they're ready to buy in six months or in a year, they'll keep my phone number and they'll call me, um, or maybe they'll refer a family member or a friend, uh, who is ready to buy. I absolutely adore that, Melissa. That's truly what dreams are made of right there in, in my world, because I think that being able to have somebody even get the word of approval, you know, inside of the LO world, you know, you're putting everything in front of things and, and to talk about it with somebody who loves talking about with talk, talking about money to start with is such a beautiful gift. So, um, I adore that. Is there anything else that, you know, maybe, maybe we didn't discuss right off the bat, but like, you really want people to really understand inside of this podcast. I think, I think the only other thing I'd say is that uh, I think one time in my life, I, I never thought that you could manage it all. Uh, I always thought you just like either have to have a career or have a family. Um, you couldn't really have both. And maybe that was me being in my twenties and young and dumb. <laughs> um, or, but I, I think ultimately, I think if you find the right partner to support you, uh, that anything is possible. And I say that to my husband all the time now, like, oh my gosh, you must think I'm crazy. Cause like, I want to do X, Y, and Z. And I have all these like plans for the world. And he's like, no, I think it's amazing. That's like why we're, you know, we're in this partnership together. And so I think that's a, that's a big thing that really changed for me is, um, you know, being able to see, see it through and be able to manage all of it, that you can have the career and the marriage and, you know, build a family. And you also don't have to work a hundred hours a week. Um, you know, you have to have balance and, and, oh, by the way, you can actually have time to work out. Uh, those are things that I never actually thought was possible to manage. And now it's like, those are non-negotiables. And I, I've learned that through my coaching with you you know, that working out makes me a happier person. So like, if I'm going to do good in the world, I need to get my workout in. <laughs> well, I definitely don't want to cry on this podcast. Um, <laughs> but you just touched my heart so much. I think so many times as, as women in finance, like we're, we're so driven to impact. And so many times, you know, that ends in, in many ways on our side, a broken heart, because we feel so misunderstood at times where maybe we couldn't deliver the expected outcome. And we, we take that internally at times. And, um, I just love being able to see your development, not only from, from that perspective of the internal world, but also the world that you are so beautifully creating every single day. I mean, the way that Melissa impacts her clients, ladies and gents is just the most incredible thing. I mean, she has stuck by people uh, for years, as she said, and, you know, she's not going to tell you many of the stories that 
you know, happen, happen and, and heartbreak in a lot of ways, but she has stuck by those people and has met them with complete love. And I think that's the most beautiful thing behind the scenes to witness inside of Melissa's business is that, you know, one of the first points that she wanted to create was she wanted to hire somebody and she wanted to expand her business. This was, she was hell bent on this. And who is the first person that you hired, Melissa? Uh, my assistant, <laughs> which is my mom. <laughs> but why, why did you want to do that? Why did you want to create that inside of your business and the way that you expanded your business? Well, I knew I needed an assistant and, you know, it was one of those things I never thought that she would even be interested, but she was retiring and it was one of those things where it, it kind of just made sense. And I mean, talk about someone who she was in nursing and nurse education uh, for decades and completely wanting to switch gears. And I told her, I can't believe you're even interested in doing this. And she's loves it, um, which is refreshing. And it's, I never thought I could work with my mom, but um, it's been so much fun and she's learning and I'm teaching and I'm learning too. And um, it's such a cool dynamic. Uh, I know they always say you got to be careful about going into business with family, but we have pretty, you know, pretty clear lines of when we're talking work and when we're talking family. And um, that, that's been really fun. And it's been a great addition to my business. She's like immensely helped me out. She doesn't think that she does ever, but I, I couldn't be doing, you know, the business that I'm doing right now without her. Guys, I think she just said that boundaries are sexy, just sidebar. Um, but the <laughs> other piece that I'm going to say there is that she really wanted to impact from a legacy standpoint and, you know, to be able to do that inside of your business, I mean, appropriately, right. And, and Melissa's mom is so well-suited for, for the assistant role. I mean, she is, she knows how to triage nursing, the, the backgrounds that she has, she's just, she's a brilliant woman, but she conveys the heart and so many different levels as well. And, and, you know, seeing that all come together in such a beautiful way is, is really powerful. So from, from the moment you are welcomed in the door of Melissa's literal home of her business, you are met with family and you are treated like family. And that's the biggest thing that I want to say inside of Melissa's business is that, you know, from a perspective of releasing judgment on so many different levels, Melissa has mastered that inside of her business. And um, not only within the process of what she provides, but also the education, regardless if you, if you start and end with her, if you just start and you just ask a question from her. So I will say that all of her social profiles are attached below for ease of contact. Um, she's most active on LinkedIn, which is such a powerful space. And Melissa, if there's another way that they could reach out to you, maybe email, is that appropriate for them? Would you like to open that up? I'm totally putting her on the fly there. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely reach out to me via social, but also my email, um, Melissa, M-E-L-I-S-S-A at Marvel, M-A-R-V-E-L-O-A-N-S.com. So Marvel loans, but just one L. Um, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm growing, you know, like she said, I'm very active on LinkedIn for my recruiting days, but also Facebook and Instagram. And again, there's just so many resources out there. So don't ever hesitate to reach out and ask a question. I'm never going to say you're wasting my time because you're not, you never know what you might bring to my life. So. So powerful. So powerful. Such a lovely space of having you, Melissa. I love that you are with Marvel Loans because that superhero comment just makes it, you know, extra, extra sweet. Um, but I I really adored having you here. What's what's another like 
anything else that that you would like to share with the audience that you would just like to mention? I think a big thing is, is just don't ever let a no, like stop you, um, whatever it is, whether it's getting a mortgage or lending or just even a career. Don't ever let someone, you know, I've had a lot of people in my life tell me I wasn't capable of a lot of things. And if I had just listened to them and, you know, kind of put my head down, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Um, so just keep going and keep finding a way. Uh, like I said, when there's a will, there's a way. And I, I've seen people do amazing things because they, they wanted something so bad. And I love that. My whole heart. Thank you, <laughs> Melissa. Loved having you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was great.